Welcome into a special edition of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah, and along with me, as always, is Jordan Sherwood. You can follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Next weekend on Friday, June 16th, Bellator 297 takes place at the Trust Arena right here in Chicago. Tickets are still available. You can go to Ticketmaster.com, search for Bellator. You can get them right there. You can also watch it on Showtime at 8 o'clock Central. There are two title fights. It's going to be awesome and we are joined right now by Josh Thompson, former Strike Force champion and current Bellator MMA commentator. Josh, how's it going? It's doing good, man. I'm getting pumped for this event like everybody else is. I mean, the arena's sold out and we're uh looking to come back in there and make some noise. We'll get to the main event in a second, Josh, but I think really the storyline of this fight card is what Pitbull's attempting to do. Become a champion yeah. in three different weight classes. Can can you just speak to like just how crazy of a notion that is for a guy, a fighter of his skill set in this day and age in MMA to attempt that. Yeah, I think what, what's, what people need to understand is that it's very hard because some of the weight classes are 15 pounds apart, some of them are 20 pounds apart, and then you get you know even gap up all the way up into the heavyweights where it goes up just too extreme. So what the problem, or not problem, what he's trying to do is he's trying to do it in the skill sets of – 155, where he knocked out Michael Chandler, who is now going to be fighting uh, uh, Conor McGregor in the UFC. He went up to 55 after being the 45-pound champ and knocked out Michael Chandler. Then he was, he's always been pretty much the, the mainstay at the 145-pound weight class where every person except for one person he's ever lost to in Bellator, he's actually been able to get his title back at 145 pounds and beat them. So out of his four losses, he's redeemed all. He's redeemed three of the four losses and come back and beat the guys that had beat him before to retain his title. Now doing it at 135, you know, fighting uh, Sergio Pettis, this fight to me is one of those fights where, you know, he is now a little bit older, which – as we get older, I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but as you guys get older, as we get older, our muscle is harder for us to keep on. Patricio has always been a guy who's, they call him pit bull for a reason. He's built like a pit bull. He's got muscles on top of muscles. But as you start to get older, you start to lose a little bit of that muscle mass. It's hard for you to keep it on. Right now at this stage in his career, it's perfect timing for him to go down to the 135, which right now is the toughest weight class in the world across all promotions, especially in Bellator. So for him to go down there and try and attempt something that no one's ever done in a major promotion, so he'll be the first fighter to ever win three titles in three different weight classes in a major promotion. It's going to be huge if he can get it done. Yeah, I'm super excited to see. And also, I think you were touching upon it, Josh, like to see what he looks like at 135. I mean, that's that's yeah. no small feat, being able to, to battle the scale and get to the championship weight to yeah. even be able to step foot into the into the cage. Yeah, I talked to him last week, you know, via text. We were texting back and forth. And I said, how you feeling? You know, how's the camp? How's, you know, any injuries? He's like, look, I feel great. He's like, believe it or not, I was really concerned getting my weight down if I lose my power. He's like, my power's still there. He's like, and the one benefit that I really feel the best about, he's like, I'm faster. He's like, and I knew I had to be able to, I knew I had to be faster fighting the guys at 135 pounds. He's like, but I've got my power. I've got my speed. And the all-around fighter, he's pro he is one of the best, if not the best, and can do it everywhere. He can wrestle. His submission game is always on point, and he's got the knockout power. And as long as that power translated to 135 from 145, I see no problem with him being able to capture three different titles. 
Yeah, and we've got two title fights uh, next Saturday at Bellator 297. You also have Vadim Nevkov against Yoel Romero. Navi- uh, Vadim Nevkov won the million-dollar Bellator lightweight, light heavyweight Grand Prix last time, uh, last year in Chicago. How- is he a different fighter in the last year? Has anything changed for him in the last year, or are we just going to expect the same guy that's won his last 11 fights? Yeah, I think you're going to expect to see the same thing. He's just going to have to be a little bit more tricky this time on the feet because Yoel Romero, even though he's getting older up in age, you know, when he used to fight over uh, in other promotions, he came up from 185 where he was killing himself. He reminds me a little bit of like the Pitbull brothers where they just have muscles stacked on top of muscles and they're just built like Greek gods. And Yoel Romero, I mean, like there's a story that's always gone around where, you know, he had, uh, he had broke his orbital, his orbital uh, in a fight. And he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, look, literally at the time that he left the arena and got to here, his eye is already healing. He was over 40 years old. He's like, look, I've never seen somebody built like this. I've never seen a human body that's able and capable of doing what it's doing. He is just built different. And honestly, when he went from 185 where he was killing himself to make the weight, now at 205 where he's able to just actually grow into his bull body instead of keeping his body you know, um, depleted the whole time as he fights, he is fighting at 205. Look for him to be explosive, fast, Olympic silver medalist, and just he's going to be able to utilize his wrestling for the full five rounds. And when he gets on top, he's got the vicious, vicious ground pound. One of the best ground pounders in the game in the history of the sport. Vadim just got to keep it, keep it standing. He's got to be use his abilities to use his footwork, lay kick after lay kick without getting taken down, and snap the jab and keep the paws and the fa- and the hands in front of his face. If he can do that, I think he's got a good chance of getting this win. Yeah, I think we're very excited about it because also there's an opportunity to see like is this the best Vadim Nevkov we've ever seen? And Yoel Romero certainly yeah. seems like. You know, he's the type of fighter to, to, to pull that out of somebody. You know, outside of uh, those two title fights, and, and I know you're familiar with this, Josh, like typically the big-time pay-per-views, the big-time fight cards have three big-time fights, you know, at, at, on the marquee, if you will. Yeah. No one is talking well, about Corey Anderson and Phil Davis, which I know you as a commentator, former fighter, love this yeah. matchup between two these two top, you know, top-tier light heavyweights. Absolutely, because what you have is you pretty much have a uh, uh, Penn State wrestler, national champ, and Phil Davis fighting Corey Anderson, who's just a stud also in the wrestling department. Long jabs, long long leg kicks, and Phil Davis can mix it up on the feet. Corey Anderson can sprawl and brawl. Corey Anderson's got the vicious, more vicious ground up when he gets to the top position, but can he take down the national champ and, and Phil Davis from Penn State? Can he do that? Can he do what so many people have been trying to do against Phil Davis is get to the top position and and try to finish him from the top? I don't know if he can. That's the question. I think what we're going to end up with is we have two guys on the feet that can't take each other down or struggle to take each other down and don't want to make each other tired, and they're going to be forced to stand and bang it out. Listen to the excitement in your in your voice, Josh. I mean, the fights don't. Fight <laughs> so that, I mean, what what's what's been fascinating? I, I think for you transitioning, you know, to this role now on the commentator desk. As opposed to, you know, obviously being one of the best lightweights we've ever seen compete uh, in MMA. You know, um, what it really comes down to is when fighters tend to take over the positions and in, in working with as analysts, they talk about themselves. They talk about what they used to do. They talk about, you know, uh, I used to do this or I would have done this. Well, guess what? We, I'm not those fighters. And their body style is different than my body style. So I have to learn, which I tr- I tried to learn right off the bat was really take what each fighter did and they've been known to do across you know, their years of fighting and really emphasize how great they are at that. When you stop, when you stop 
to not make it about you, you make it about them, the excitement comes it becomes a lot more exciting to me because I remember that they aren't like me. They you know, they're not smaller, they're not bigger, whatever it is. Like they, they can't do not other fighters can't do what I can do, but I also can't do what they can do. So once you start breaking down their techniques, how great Phil Davis is in the wrestling department, thinking what Yoel Romero's doing at forty six years old, thinking what Nemkov has been able to do in winning tournaments and, and, and winning million dollars and do what he's done while all these things are going on over in Russia and, and overseas. Like he's been able to do all these things and still still bring excitement to the cage. I mean, like I look at what Patricio's trying to do. He's the pillar of Bellator. He's been the pillar of Bellator for the longest time and the mainstay and now trying to do what he's doing to win three different tiles and three different divisions in the first major big promotion. It's gonna be huge, man. But let's not forget, man, you guys got your home guy there, Daniel James, making a huge return and honestly Big time because he's the one selling out the arena or helping to sell out the arena. Absolutely. Huge, huge deal for him. When you uh, made the transition and were like, okay, I'm done fighting. I'm going to go into the booth or under the commentating floor and all that kind of stuff. You know, we see it with former athletes in the NBA and in the NFL. They always, some of them take a while, like most notably Tom Brady. He was like, yeah. nah, I'm good. And then I came back and he was like, nah, I'm good. And people still believe that he you know, might come back this year that they don't really believe that he's retired. How long did it take for you once you said, I'm done, to finally say, you know what, I don't have that itch anymore? You know, uh, honestly, I was kind of losing the itch the last, you know, you know, uh, two fights. It just wasn't, it wasn't what it used to be. The, I used to get pumped up in the back. I used to get excited for it. And as, as those last two or three fights, I started getting a little bit of, I wouldn't say anxiety, but it didn't feel the same. The excitement wasn't there. It was a little bit more nervous. I never got nervous for fights. I loved fighting so much. It was just, I felt like it was just part of me. I mean, I got in a lot of fights when I was a younger kid, and that just grew into learning techniques, you know, whether it was wrestling, some jiu-jitsu, and a little bit of Muay Thai. And I just realized I could start making money. I mean, I start my first fight, I paid $25 to fight. You know, I mean, that's how much I wanted to fight. And then when I had my second fight, I made 150 bucks. Third fight, I made $300. I loved fighting. So as I got towards the end of my career, I realized, you know, this isn't as fun as it used to be. The younger kids in the gym were getting better. They were getting stronger. Um, and I realized I was getting older. So as, as I started doing some commentary towards the last year um, with my last two fights, and they started liking me, Bellator started liking what I was doing, you know, and uh, we started talking contracts. I realized that, look, this is a great segue for me to get out of the sport. If, if I can get them to sign me to a long-term deal, they sign me to a three-year deal. And I said, you know what? This is it for me. This is good. I'm good. No, I didn't. I didn't rule off the return. You know, um, I, I kept my options open, kept my contract open with them because I'm still. I was still like, hey, if it, you know, if it doesn't work out in the commentary, you know, maybe I just need a time. I need time away. Maybe I just needed a break. Maybe I just need to refresh and you know regroup myself and try something else and see if it's cut out for me. And and if it doesn't work, I can come back and still fight out my fights. But uh, I've been doing the commentary uh, ever since, and uh, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the team I work with. The production team at Bellator, I feel like, is the best in the game. And uh, we're having a good time. Because it's got to be different than like the NFL. That's a grueling season and all that kind of thing. But when you're yeah. sitting on the, when you're commentating on a fight in the back of your mind, you're like, I could beat this guy. <laughs> There's got to be a, a different kind of mentality, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can think that way. But, I mean, honestly, once, once you realize, like, look, maybe you could beat them. But do you want to go through the camp again? Do I mm-hmm. want to go through eight weeks of, of getting punched in the face? Look, it's, it has nothing to do. Like, you hear the NFL players say all the time. Look, it has nothing to do with the games. I enjoy the games. I just don't want to go to spring training. I don't want to go to mm-hmm. – no, I don't want to go through the camp of getting there. I don't want to go through the grueling season of the practice every single day. 
I mean, do you remember back in the day they used to have padded practices so much more? Now they have like one, maybe two times a week. You know, they're not doing the hard padded practices all the time like they used to. Uh, with us, we have to get padded up almost every day. We are training. We are sparring. We are working techniques. We are getting hit every day. You know, it's not just two-hand touch anymore um, uh, for us. And we still have to do it. Like for them in the NFL, they're just playing two-hand touch. You know, don't touch the guy in the red. That kind of thing. Us, every day we're the guy. We're, we're not the guy in the red. We're the guy that's, you know, getting hit every single day. Uh, we're, the, we're the crash dummy. That's what we are. Every single day we're getting hit. We're getting punched. We're getting kicked. Even when we're drilling, we're still getting the damage done. So um, as, as I got older, I just realized, look, yeah, maybe I could beat that guy. But do I want to put my body through it again? Do I want to put my head through it again? Do I, you know, do I love it that much? Is the money, is, you know, worth it as much as it used to be? You know, that's kind of where you start thinking. There is a whole other life after fighting. At 40 years old, you know, I was pushing 40 or 39, 40 years old. What's after that? I've got a whole other 40 years, and, you know, God willing, I have a whole other 40 years for me to, you know, to live. So i got to think about that as well. Josh, I'm glad you touched a little bit on, on your career because, you know, Adam and I are fans. And, and like, no, when we found you. out Bellator was going to, you know, <laughs> offer you to come on the podcast, I, I wanted to ask you this question. i, I got to believe you think that your head kick of Nate Diaz has aged like a fine wine. It, I mean, it has. You know, it's, it's getting better, man. It's getting better every single time. I think for me what really made it fun is that, you know, um, it happened on 420. Of all days for us to fight and for all days for him to, you know, be, for me to be the first guy to ever finish him, you know, with strikes. I mean, it happened on 420. And so that to me was, I think, the, fun, the funniest part or the best part about the whole thing. So every 420, I have to remind everybody, I post a little video of me uh, finishing Nate. But just reminding people that 420 is no longer his day, it's my day. <laughs> Where does Nate Diaz rank on, like, the Mount Rushmore of, of baddest dudes on the planet? I mean, he's up there, man. I mean, like, it has nothing to do so much with just being the baddest dude, but he's just the realest dude. You know, um, you know I mean, obviously, we're, I, I don't have any problems with him. I, I mean, I fought his teammate Gilmore Melendez several times. We've trained together. His other teammate, Jake Shields, several times. And I'm a huge fan of the Diaz brothers. I like both of them, Nick and Nate. I mean, Nick and I kind of came up through the Strike Force days, you know, and uh, the U- early UFC days. I mean, we were both um, in the early UFC days in 2001, 2002, in that era. Um, so I just uh, – I got a lot of love and respect for both of them, that whole scrap pack and those guys. I mean, they're up there in the top. That whole group is up there in the top because they'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. I mean, I've been out with Gilmore Melendez and Jake Shields, you know, in San Francisco years back in 2003, 2004. And, you know, and, uh, you know, we've got a couple, you know, situations where people wanted to test us. And that, that like, the truth is those guys will throw it out anytime, any place, anywhere, you know, if you start messing with one of them. So it's, uh, it's, uh, they're up there, man. Uh, they're real people. They're real. They are real when they say, hey, you know, you talk to me like that and you'll find out. And, they ain't messing around, man. That's how the, that's how they are. I think that's great too, because like you know, we've worked with uh, Brian Urlacher in the past, the uh, you know Bears Hall of Famer. Yeah. And he would get all asked all the time, "Hey, tackle me, tackle me, come on." And he would say, "No, I would kill you." Like there's there's a yeah. difference between me saying no to tackling you, but like those guys, like there's a difference where it's like, "Hey, punch me," and it's like, "You yeah. don't, you don't, want, I'll do it." But you don't want that, and you don't want to test me. But there's always a weird mentality to me of the guys that are – you see them at a bar, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go up to Nate Diaz and see if he wants to fight. Like, to me, that's just the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, well, like, they're like oh, I want you to hit me in the stomach. Oh, I want you to choke me out. I want, like, look, guys, go train. go Because some guys, like, when, you, when they say, hey, choke me out, if you go to choke them out, they may react differently. You don't know how much they've had to drink. You don't know if they're, what, if they're on any drugs. Like, if you're out, like, you don't know these things. You don't know these people. 
And so, I mean, it's been very, very ill-advised for, and we've had conversations, um, you know, with promoters, with um, staffers, with PR guys, like, please don't do that to people. Don't do it in public, <laughs> new phones, everything like that. Just leave them alone because you never know what's going to happen, man. You really could jeopardize your life um, by doing something like that. If something, if they fall and they hit their head, if, you know, they have, if they were on some sort of drug or they're, you know, something they've drank too much and you do that to them, just let's just avoid the whole situation altogether. Absolutely. Bellator 297 next Friday, June 16th, Wintrust Arena in Chicago. It's on Showtime if you can't make it out live to the Wintrust Arena. It was great last year when it was here. It's going to be another great event. Is there a spot when you come to Chicago that you have to go? Is there something you got to eat? Is there something you got to do? Like, guys, meetings can wait. I got to go get a Chicago hot dog. I got to get some pizza, whatever. Is there something here that you just can't wait to get to next week? I mean, I love Gibson's, man. I mean, like, one of the first times I went there back in the day was with uh, Benson Henderson. The two of us were scheduled to fight each other. And uh, we went out there, and uh, we had dinner together and kind of chatted up, you know, as a PR tour. Uh, Gibson's is a great place. And, uh, you know, realistically, I really just honestly, and I have to be I have to be completely honest with you, the first time I ever went there was for that, for that fight when I was supposed to fight Benson Henderson. And I had just, what happens is, I had heard all the media. I would heard everything about how, you know, it's not a nice city. It's like people are violent. People are this. Man, people were so dang nice. And the city was so beautiful. I was surprised, to be honest. I walked in like, this is amazing around here. I love this place. And then we went there again for the Wind Trust for the fights last December. I had a blast. I had so much fun. It was freezing, as always. It's, <laughs> it's going to be better next better. weekend, I'll tell you that. It's yeah. going to be beautiful <laughs> next weekend for you guys. When I fought Benson, it was in January. It was like negative ten. The wind blew me in a downhill street. Like I was on ice skates. It was it was hilarious. If you I loved had a it last in- then, and I had a blast the last time I was there. If you loved it in December, trust me, it's the best summer city in the country. You're gonna love it next weekend. Bellator two ninety seven next Friday at the Wintrust Arena right here in Chicago. You can also watch it on Showtime at eight o'clock Central if you can't make it out there. Josh, thank you so much for making time for us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Hey, guys, anytime. You guys can hit me up anytime and, and hit up Bellator. Have me come on. I would love to chat with you guys. And uh, Big John and I have our own pod. It's called Weighing In, so check us out there. And uh, you guys, we would love to you know, communicate with you guys and just chat together. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Josh. Have a good time. All right, guys. Take it easy, man. Bye.